We're dark and will and we are off the rail, off the rails, and we are off the rails, off the rails, yeah, off the rails. Welcome. You're listening to Off the Rails, one of the internet's newest and hottest podcasts. With your host, Will and Doug. I'm Doug, and with me as always, welcome, William. Oh, this is great. I already couldn't hear what you said. Uh... Doug, can you hear me? Nope. There you are. Hey, buddy, what's up? Hey. This is going to be a struggle, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe just that very first part is you've been okay since I said, hey, buddy, and I can hear you. Okay. How let's, are we doing? Let's hope. And we're doing well. We're doing well. I'm excited for this evening's podcast. I'm sober. Um, so hopefully I'll be able to read and understand the notes that I've gotten written in front of me. Yeah, that's good. Can't make any promises, but it's my attempt to be able to get through something coherently tonight. Super, super. That's great. Because I didn't realize the last podcast was such a struggle until I listened back to it. And I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, That was something. (laughs) I apologize to the few people that have listened to it. Uh, Hopefully we can improve. And the quality, with the love of God, but we say it every week. What's new with you? That's a great question. There's not a lot new with me. Uh, I started... uh... Uh, I'm I'm on my new job now at the workplace, not enjoying that. Uh, Pearl's doing her thing, enjoying that. Uh, Erica hates pregnancy because she's sick all the time, so not really enjoying that part. Um, and it's just mid-August. It's just it's just in August in Arkansas. It's a, there's not a lot new going on. You've been going to some shows, some live music things. You've been going to some super spreader events. Yes, yeah, hit two shows over the past week. Could have been a third. Uh, Pearl got sick on on Tuesday night. I was going to see the Black Crows that night, so didn't go see Black Crows. But I saw Foo Fighters the previous Saturday. Saw Alanis Morissette in garbage last night. So yeah, I've been out to some super sprinters. Good, good. And you've been you've been you've been practicing COVID safe protocol. I'm sure. Yes, I, I've wear I've worn my mask. I'm one of like one percent of the crowd who does wear a mask, but that's okay. I'm I'm, I'm okay to stand out in the crowd that way, um, and you know, doing your best to social distance as much as possible. But I'll tell you, I, I was social distancing long before social distancing was actually a thing. So yeah. that's not really a huge issue for me. Um, I don't like being in the midst of the crowd. So uh, so I, you know, on my end, I, I think I'm doing okay. Good deal. Good deal. Well, um, I must say that I am on call this evening. So if I, if this ends abruptly because I've received a request for assistance, I probably shut this down. Um, now, um, you do not work. Is that correct? Correct. So when you say that you're on call, can I mean, can you be more specific or do you have to be vague? No, I, I can elaborate. I can elaborate. Okay. I kind of assumed you would ask for an elaboration. If not, I was going to do so on my own. So Super. nicely done. Um, yeah. Are you familiar with the um, musical artist Struggle Jennings? 
Struggle Jennings, yes. He's a rapper. He's a rapper, yes. Yeah. Well, he's he's currently- you're on call with Struggle Jennings right now. Like, Struggle Jennings is going to be reaching out to you, Douglas. Is Struggle Jennings in Lincoln right now? Like, is he living there? Or is he just in town? And how did he come to you? Why are you, why are you the person who's on point? Or did you get some type of internet thing that you're just on call with famous rappers? Are you going to be a little bit more specific, or are we still going with vagueness? Is there more details that can be provided here? Well, let me let me just say that you were jumping in very quickly. All I did was ask you a specific question if you knew what it was, and you went on question mode without giving me the opportunity to continue forward. You really went off on that struggle, Jenny's thing. That's wow, you ran hey. that. Yeah, quick question. Is Struggle Jennings related to Waylon Jennings at all? Or do I they just happen to have those? I believe he's like a great grandson. Okay. Something along those lines. I, it's my understanding that, yes, there is a relationship. Okay. Good to, to answer some of those questions, is in fact on tour right now. He is in fact in Lincoln, Nebraska at the Royal Grove. It is wow. the last stop of a pretty good size club tour that he's been on. Um, and I happen to follow on Instagram a fellow by the name of Tim Valley. Tim Valley. I'm really sure what Tim Valley does to uh, make money, but it makes quite a bit of it. It doesn't seem to do anything other than travel and vacation. Um, but he, I know that I'm pretty sure that he's the manager for an artist named Cheo Nash. Okay. He would be kind of, I would say, a rapper uh, on T Pain's. Um, I think he does photography. I think he also teaches um, scuba diving. Um, I think he might have done some bounty hunter work at one time. I'm not really sure what the guy does. Um, but you just he's named you just named seven things that he does. Yeah, but I've never actually seen seen him do any of those things other than do a little bit of managing for Cheo Nash because he pretty much posts on Instagram every day, all day. Um, so I so thought, he's, a, he's an Instagram influencer. Well, he's only got like 31,000 followers. I mean, uh, that's a lot. It's chump change. It, it's chump change, all right? I mean, yeah. yeah if you're not yeah. doing mid to high six figures, what are we even yeah. talking about? Yeah, what are we talking about here, Doug? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I follow this this fella, and he jumped on tour with him in in Florida a few weeks back, and he's been on tour with him the whole time. And I have chatted with him before on Instagram about something I saw of him on television, and then I decided whenever I found out they were going to be in town, I was sent him a message and says, hey, I know you guys are on tour, and I know you're going to be in Lincoln. In the event that you guys... Did you say stinking Lincoln? I didn't say stinking Lincoln. I didn't say the Cap City. I didn't say anything cool other than Lincoln. Wow. Okay. That's a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Damn it. I don't. Okay. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. I says, I said, I says, I says, it's my understanding you're going to be, you're on tour with Struggle Jennings. Actually, I just said struggle. Mm. And (laughs) you're on a first name basis with him, eh? Yeah. Well, We've chatted one time before, so I figured yeah. I, can, I can only call people that he's associated with. Stroke, you know, by the yeah, first, sure. name. first name only. 
year on tour was struggle and you're going to be in Lincoln on Sunday. I sent this on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're going to be in Lincoln on Sunday, if you guys need anything, you need to get around somewhere. Cause you know, the Royal Grove is a gas station yeah. um, a block away. But other than that, there's really nothing in that area. Yeah. So I says, if you guys need anything, you need a ride somewhere, you need to run some errands, whatever. I got you. And he writes back, appreciate you. That's it. There's been no other communications Friday. So, so wait, you're. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that they're going to. He hasn't actually said anything other than appreciate you. And, and the show started several hours ago, I'm sure. Yeah. Never know. What yeah, it's I, early. No, it's right. early, Doug. It's only nine forty-five. I mean, shows shows at the Royal Grove surely less than like eleven, eleven thirty. Exactly. Yeah, but okay, Mitch, well. he's not he's not performing or anything. He's just running around on tour with him. Yeah, pictures and shit. Gotcha. So maybe something will happen. It could. It's a possibility. It's not likely, uh, but it's a possibility. I'm gonna get hit up on the brand. Yeah. Yo, my guy, come through. What's what's his last report? Has he made any stories from the Grove or anything? Any any updates on the gram as far as what's going on tonight? What's popping in stinking Lincoln? As of about eight o'clock, no. Okay. Struggle Jennings made a post this evening, um, but it was nothing to do with Lincoln. I see. Uh, so yeah. Hope I don't get pulled away, man. I'm on call. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, you're on call. So we're gonna do our best to put together a show here. And if you if you gotta go, you gotta go. That's that's what being on call is all about, I think. Uh, so I understand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would have been nice to let me know this beforehand, uh, but that's okay. It's fine. We we're gonna roll with it. We'll go from there. Here we go. Let's go. What do you got on the docket today, Douglas? Um, we don't have much at all. Um, but the one thing we both do have in common. Um, we can discuss, and then we'll kind of just go from there. Um, is the Field of Dreams baseball game that happened um, the other day mm-hmm. versus the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees held yes. in what, Iowa? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know that one. Uh, the Field of Ooh. Dreams, Iowa. I thought you'd know that one, Mr. Teared Up. I figured yeah, that would be I don't recall the t- I don't recall the town name. Yeah, I don't I don't recall it. All right, well that's all right. Yeah. Um, so they actually had a baseball game this week um, at the Field of Dreams location. It wasn't the actual Field of Dreams itself. It was right next to the Field of Dreams. There are the outfields, um, kind of pointed towards each other. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and then there was a corn maze in between them, and then corn as far as the eye can see behind everything. So mm-hmm. it was still on location. It was pretty cool. What this is about eight thousand seat. Yep. Uh stadium they built around it stands. Yep. Um and and so I had to, it recorded on my DVR. I had it recording. Um so I came in about 2 hours into the game. Um and I I started from the beginning and from the from jump I was kind of disappointed because it wasn't on the actual field itself. Mm-hmm. I thought that would have been a little cooler if they just you know added to the dimensions of the actual field to make that one the playable one, but I get it. I understand you keep the integrity of the movie set and build to the side. That's the, the real deal. So you want to keep the integrity of it. But at first I was a little disappointed, but I got over it quickly. Um, and then 
uh, yeah, so right away, I'm just, I didn't expect it to be all about the movie. Mm. Um, I, I honestly, that's, uh, that's kind of strange. Well, I mean, yeah, I knew it was going to be played at the Field of Dreams. Obviously, it's about being out there at the Field of the Dreams. I just didn't know it was going to be such a, they were just going to pay so much homage to the movie that it was basically going to be a production all about the movie with this, with a, a baseball game in the middle. <laughs> it was an advertisement for the movie and everything about the movie in that area with a baseball game smashed in the middle of it. That's and I great. didn't expect that. Did you think when you saw the Field of Dreams game and you turned it on to the game and you started watching it, is it what you expected or were you... Uh, that's a good question, Doug. I will let you know. I recall the Field of Dreams game being scheduled for the 2020 season, and I was excited for that to happen when it was uh, made the news. Then the okay. season got canned, and then I completely forgot all about the Field of Dreams game. So when the 2021 season was announced and the season's been going on and transpiring, I had no idea. Uh, that they had rescheduled the Field of Dreams game for this season. And I did not know the day of that the Field of Dreams game was happening until a buddy of mine randomly texted, Kevin Costner is such a hero. And I thought that was strange. Like, why are you texting that Kevin Costner is a hero? And then it hit me. I was like, wait, is there the Field of Dreams game going on? And so I was actually late to the intro. I turned it on like in the second inning. Uh, to to get to go on Twitter to find all the stuff that happened before the second inning, so I had no thought process at all going into it. Gotcha. That helps. Yeah, no, that helps perfectly. That paints a perfect picture. I think it's hilarious that your boy said Kevin Costner is a hero because <laughs> I totally disagree. Um, <laughs> I thought it was super cheesy and ridiculous and unnecessary. Um. I thought, oh, I don't know. And maybe he was being serious, but I thought he just was in full actor mode um, in in that intro and and actually throughout the entire game. But you did get to see, you think you saw all of the intro before I I go in depth? I believe so. I I think I saw everything. Good, good. Well, one of the things I wanted to start off with before I jump into my take on the Kevin Costner intro was something that happened prior to that. They were interviewing players and they interviewed Aaron Judge. That's Mm. his name, Aaron Judge. That is his name. From the Yankees. And he made a quote that a lot of it's very cliche and and people of actors, musicians, athletes, everybody, everybody uses this. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, it's kind of a dream come true. Right. It's a dream come true. How are you feeling about today out here at the Field of Dreams playing an actual Major League Baseball game? Well, let me tell you, it's a dream come true. Mm-hmm. I, and I call bullshit on that. Uh-huh. Every time I hear that, for the most part, every time I hear that, because I don't think that there was a point in time in Aaron Judge's life that he thought, man, I'd really love to play baseball in the field of dreams. Maybe there is, because he's a major league baseball player. But I just, that statement in general, I just don't fucking believe him when they say it was a dream come true. In my mind, a dream come true is something that started when I was a little kid. Uh-huh. It was a dream. I've been dreaming about this my entire life. Yeah. To be a so and so or to play being, on the field. being a major league baseball player should be a dream come true for Aaron Judge. Uh, playing for 
in the outfield for the New York Yankees is probably a dream come true. I agree with you that playing in front of an 8,000-seat stadium in the middle of Iowa, probably not a dream come true. Exactly. I didn't I didn't think you were going to agree with me on that. To play for the Yankees, to play outfield, to be a major league player, all of those are dreams come true. You're absolutely right. So that just drives me crazy, and I'm going to touch on that again here at the end of my spiel about somebody else that's had a dream come true. Fucking bullshit. Actually, I'll just go ahead and bring it up right now. I'm watching, because it's a bit of a change. I'm watching uh, Showtime's All Access. It's a boxing show where they follow both boxers um, and kind of do a little, you know, uh, hype up to the actual fight. Um, and so this one was an All Access uh, Jake Paul versus Tyrone Woodley. Um, Jake Paul's got a charity called Boxing Bullies, and they were at a charity camp in Puerto Rico where they had a bunch of kids for the Boxing Bullies. They're all boxing and doing their thing. Um, and at the end of it, and some point in time during that, Jake, they're interviewing Jake, and he's talking about why he created the Boxing Bullies, because he used to be a bully when he was in high school, bullied on people all of the time. But then we, when he became internet famous, he's always making all these YouTube videos. Um, he just was constantly getting cyber bullied from the, from the first video until today. And all of his friends he thought were his high school friends were cyber bullying. He's like, oh man, this doesn't feel good. Bullying's not nice. And so he created a boxing charity called Boxing Bullies. Well, and so it shows him playing with these kids, teaching them how to box, yada, yada, yada. And he says during that time when he's being interviewed and he's talking about how it didn't feel good to be bullied. And he's like, this is a dream come true. And I'm like, shut up. And this was last night. I'm watching this. I was like, fuck you, Jake Paul. It's not a dream come true. There's not a point in time where you had a dream about opening up boxing bullies because you were bullied and used to be a bully. And it's finally happening. And this is amazing. <laughs> and then that motherfucker said it a second time at the very end of the show he's stretching he's laying on his back and he's doing some stretches and he's got his arms above his head and he's grimacing and he's stretching he kind of closes, closes his eyes a little bit and he says I always dreamt about being on all access mm. <laughs> I almost threw my controller through the television when he said that Twice in one 30 minute show, and that the last one he says, I always dream of being on all access. <sighs> Doug, can I say something to this rant? Please. I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about Logan Paul, but don't you think, uh, most people who are millionaires, uh, famous, you know, have a massive following, don't you think that most of their dreams have come true? Yes, already. And all the other ones are just icing on the cake, so you can't call those dreams. So you 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 believe they're using they're using the wrong terminology. They they should they should say this is an icing on a cake, or maybe a judge could say like you know this is a really really cool opportunity, uh, something I yes. never imagined as a major league baseball player. But you it's not right out of my mouth. It's not a dream come true. I could have never imagined being here today. If, you know, something, if you would have told me five years ago I'd have been here today, I would have told you you're crazy. Something along those lines. This is, this is a, the chance of an opportunity of a lifetime. I'm so happy to be able to do this. This is so cool. You know, yeah, but to, they're using it incorrectly. It's not a dream come true. And so dream come true is you're literally. I take it literally. I can't. There's no other way for me to take that phrase. It's a dream oh, come no, true. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. 
So my most overused and wrongly used phrase out there that I hear is the word literally. Uh, people use literally wrong all the time. So yes, I think that I do. You, yeah. Like you, so, you, you get a, you get pain when you hear people say it's a dream come true. And you get pain when you hear people say literally. That's correct. I get, um, I get, I get a very, very, very small mini pain about literally because I've heard <laughs> that explanation of how it's being used wrong, and I heard how it's supposed to be used correctly, and then I know that I'm probably using it wrong. But whenever I hear it used like 17 times in a in a three minute rant about something, you know, somebody's being interviewed or it's a scene in a in a in a, a reality show, or whatever, and they just keep saying literally, 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 mm-hmm. that drives me crazy. But I honestly don't know when they're using it correctly or not using it correctly. <laughs> well, what if somebody said this is literally a dream come true? I would, I would just be cringing at the fact that they said it's a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> if I were you and I hated it's a dream come true and literally, it's a, I could possibly blow an O-ring. Yeah, exactly. Blow, I'm sorry, blow a what? Blow an O-ring? Blow an O-ring? Yeah. Is that like cigarette smoking? The the O's that you <laughs> what are you, <laughs> can you, can you is... first of all, if I was so mad that would it would an O-ring just pop out of my mouth? No. Blow an O-ring is just like saying it's <laughs> blow an O-ring, I believe, is what happened to one of the space shuttles whenever it blew up going up into space. It blew up uh-huh. because it blew an O-ring. But you could also say blew an O-ring is if you were saying it was an internal organ, you were so mad that you blew an O-ring. Wow. I've never I've never heard that phrase before. You've never heard the phrase of blow an O-ring? I think tonight is the first time I've ever heard that. Well, either I created it or I've heard it before. And I'm pretty sure I've heard it before. Uh, for, you to, for you to have the knowledge that uh, a rocket has exploded because they blew an o-ring you've clearly heard this before yeah i hope so i'm pretty <laughs> sure i have i'm not taking credit for starting that no you shouldn't so we're watching i'm watching so after the Aaron judge thing i'm watching the beginning of this this baseball game i've got it from start to finish i watch this stuff and from jump street when it's like the, you know the the camera starts coming from above in onto the field showing the field of dreams they're already playing that 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 music that plays during the credits of the movie. They're already playing music from the soundtrack from the major motion picture, The Field of Dreams. And I don't think that music turned off until the first inning started. <laughs> and it and from from jump, I was already like, oh, what's going on here? And then as they went in the in the fly above camera, the Drone footage camera comes over the original field of dreams, goes over the new field of dreams that the MLB created. It's in the corn, then it goes over the cornfield, and then we see, and the camera goes down and, and fades into a camera that's following our hero, Kevin Costner, as he's walking through the cornfields. And you know he's just headed for center field right now. And he's slowly walking through the cornfields and, and just looking and, and walking through and the music's playing and it's just, it's like it's straight out of the movie. They've gone sh- full movie mode on us. As I said, Kevin's coming out of the field. He's in wonderment as he walks out and he sees his creation. That is the field of dreams for the very first time. 
He stands on the edge of the corn and looks left and right and gazes upon it like it's like he's just, oh, this is a magical time. And, and I made this. This is all mine. Um, he walks out onto the field. Next thing you know, both teams are now coming out of the corn. And they're coming out in groups of like three at a time, three Yankees on the left, three Chicago White Sox on the right. And they're coming out slowly. And they, too, are kind of looking like they're in movie mode, like they've been scripted and told that you need to look a certain way as you walk out. It's quite possible because it was really cool. But I have to imagine they probably already walked out of that corn and played that game before the game ever even started. Um but so they're coming out, they're acting as well. So they're slowly entering the field um, like they're ghosts in bewilderment as they look in. The music from the motion pictures in the background starts off, as I said, with that slow haunting piano. Then it builds to an orchestra of uplifting and nostalgic serenade as the, the, the players are on the field and Kevin's looking at the players. And then Kevin starts shaking the hands of the Yankees. A couple of the Yankees, the first group, go to him. Um, and then they peel off to their dugout, their side. And the Chicago White Sox were much closer to him. So every single White Sox player goes up to Kevin and is shaking his hand. And Kevin's looking at them each time like, holy shit, you guys just popped out magically of center field. This is crazy. And he's standing in between the, the, the infield and the, and the outfield. He's just shaking all their hands, like I said. Uh, and then the teams, they all line up in the infield on each of their respective sides. And then Kevin kind of stands there and, and slow, and the music's still, and the camera work's fading in and out of, on Kevin. And we're still in straight-up fucking movie mode. Kevin saunters up to a microphone that's standing there, and he starts giving a speech about how 30 years ago, this was all because they made a movie that stood the test of time just on the other side of that field of corn um, that they were able to be there today, that they were able to, to be there and making this 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 event happen. Um, he pauses uh, and he. Oh, dang it. What? How did he what did he do? I lost my place. I knew this was going to happen. He said, is this heaven, right? What's that? He said, is this heaven? Oh, but there's, he does say that. Okay. Um, he gives a speech from about 30 years ago to make the movie. Um, and because of that little movie, they're all there now. Baseball field made by Major League Baseball. Um, and, he, and he says, we're here to see the first place White Sox play the mighty Yankees. And then he pauses for the crowd to give their cheer and their applause. And then he slowly looks down at his hands and he's slowly rustling a baseball that he's had in his hands and and he's just looking at it and twisting it and rubbing it and with a slightly endearing little stutter and a bit of a smirk he looks up the microphone and he's like it's it's perfect <laughs> the crowd reacted with what i felt was a cringe-worthy silence there was some applause but it's like maybe they didn't really get it so it was a half-ass uh, applause. Kevin clearly expected an uproarious moment from the crowd, but he didn't get it. He quickly noticed that that moment wasn't there, and he went into something about Major League Baseball keeping a promise and said that the dream is still alive. Kevin then says, quote, there's probably just one question to answer. Then he pauses for some sort of dramatic effect, 
Um, at that time, a genius member of the crowd seizes a moment of that pause and yells out, Baba Booey! <laughs> <laughs> I fucking rewound it three times to make sure that's what I heard. And during that part where he's waiting for a dramatic effect, some jackass yells Baba Booey, and I think that was the best part about the whole fucking game, except for the end. Um, and so somebody yells Baba Booey, and then Kevin jumps in and answers that unanswered question and says, is this heaven? The crowd gives another weak ass applause, forcing Kevin to say, I don't think I heard you. Is this heaven? Uh, the crowd, the crowd barely stepped it up a notch, um, gave their response of applause and cheers. And then Kevin says, yes, it is. He finished by saying, this field is for the players. And the way he said it, this field is for the players. It was kind of in a, in a defiant tone, like, you motherfuckers aren't going to get to play on this because this shit is for the players. Um, then he walked off the field. He paused just before on the infield track, and he, and he just stared up at the crowd and gave us thanks and humbly looks like he was a kind of exacerbated and just full of emotion and overjoy and stands there and just looks at him all humbly and then slowly walks off the field, and we don't see him until later on when he gets interviewed by uh, uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum up in the box and he won't stop talking about the movie and he's whispering and he's all emotional about it. And it just drove me freaking crazy the whole time. But the funny thing is also there, if you know how that movie goes, when somebody says, when the players come out in the original movie, when the old the players come from the corn, I believe they say, is this heaven? Uh-huh. And do you know how he responds? Yes. He said, this is Iowa. That's I wish the crowd would have done that. That's what Kevin Costner wanted them to do. Yelling Baba Booey if somebody would yell, it's Iowa! Yes. Well, is, is that is is that everything, Doug? That's it. That's that's how that's how that all started. That's how the intro became uh movie mode drove me absolutely crazy. Uh that was great. Uh I, I don't know what I would call a great explanation. Take? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it something. Uh, much better than your Snapchat story from last week. Um, that was a good review of the opening. Uh, now, a couple things to that, Douglas. Um, obviously, uh, Kevin Costner and the players had direction from whoever the director was in the in the writer and the staff uh, of how they wanted this to look and feel on TV. So, absolutely, the production-wise, they had cues. Uh, it was funny to watch Kevin just kind of meander out there in the outfield for, for like three minutes and he kept walking and then he'd stop and then he'd walk again and stop and look around. It was it was very drawn out, but I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was well done overall. I was nearly as a, um, I don't watch a lot of baseball, so for, for them to be able to make me stop and watch baseball, uh, to them I give them credit. Because I thought it was a really cool event. From that standpoint, I couldn't agree with you more. I did think it was a cool event. It drove me crazy. But I haven't watched a baseball game in two years. I mean, I don't. I don't watch baseball. I don't follow baseball. Um, I might watch a part of a World Series game if it's looking good. Um, but no, I don't watch baseball. And I watched pretty much the whole thing. I fast forwarded it at times until I saw uh, the score change, and then I'd rewind it to see what happened. Um, I fell asleep a little bit and then I noticed, uh, right when I woke up, uh, there was a, I fell asleep. My bad. Whenever I, the last thing I remember seeing was, uh, 
eight, eight, no, seven, what was it? Seven, seven, five, seven, eight, six. They were down by like two or three, the White Sox were, and then they came up three runs in the top of the ninth. Uh, a little different. I think it was seven, four going into the top of the ninth, and the Yankees uh, scored four runs uh, to go up to eight to seven. So in the bottom of the ninth, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the White, White Sox did the work. Yeah, well, all I know is when uh, last time I looked before I dozed off for a little bit, the Yankees were down by uh, at least three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I look up and uh, I woke up right as uh, the White Sox dude was rounding rounding the bases in celebration, and I saw fireworks. I was like, what? And I immediately rewound it and watched it. That was an amazing ending for them to come back in the top of the eighth and then the, have the walk-off in the, or top of the ninth then have that walk-off. That was fucking cool. It was. It was motion picture like. Uh, you couldn't have scripted a better story as the. Uh... My question was like, as soon as the ball went over the fence for the home run, uh, the fireworks show. How did that happen? How did, yeah. So, <laughs> how did somebody that had work? their finger on the trigger. Somebody, the production, somebody had their finger on the trigger and was ready. Somebody said, get down there. Get ready, cause something could happen. Get ready to to set that shit off. That was uh, of course. Cool. Because you're right. He was rounding. He was rounding first, wasn't he? And the fireworks yeah. were already, already yeah, going it was, off. It was immediate. Like I, I was, I was like, how does it? I, don't you have to light the fireworks? I mean, you got to be there too. Like you, there was, like you said, there was just somebody like finger on the trigger to happen, and they man, they did that perfectly. The uh, the only other thing I two more things I think I want to talk about. Um, I, I wish that you know they were they were rocking the retro uniforms. Mm-hmm. I really think it'd have been cool if they'd have rocked uh, and played with the uh, time period authentic gloves. <laughs> I would have that would have done it. That would have changed my whole mindset. I would have allowed it. I would have allowed all of the the movie stuff if they would have rocked old school uh, gloves mitts that basically were just leather over their fingers that yeah. would have been that would have been cool yeah that would have been awesome um i thought i, I forgot what's oh uh, why was kevin costner only person from field of dreams available for this night who else would you have wanted james earl jones uh is he still alive okay that may have to go into dead or alive uh ray liotta <laughs> Um, any of oh. the writers or directors or producers of the movie, I understand Kevin Carsoner is the star, but Yellowstone right now, so he's, he is still relevant. You can also go catch him in concert when he tours, but it just seemed weird to only have one person from an I- iconic movie uh, available to do this. I agree. I think the only other person you'd really want to see would, would be James Earl Jones, possibly. And you're right, Ray Liotta. I think those are really the only three. Um, I'm pretty sure that James Earl Jones is still alive because that he did a he did a, he did a narration. He did a voiceover to some segment um, prior to the game, and you could still it was still his voice, but it wasn't. It was much older. You could tell it was James's. Uh, James doesn't have that same voice anymore in his old age shoot i thought he was was in his 80s back then so i can only imagine how old he is now yeah i don't know uh but yeah it's because kevin's the face man it's just uh, kevin did give 
uh, almost a full cast shout out um, <laughs> during good. his interview. Uh, he did think and say that if it wasn't for, you know, and he started naming all the actors and mm-hmm. hell, he probably mentioned some rioters too. I don't know. But he uh, he rambled on for way too long about stuff. I, I fast forwarded it. Um, what about that? What about what do you know about Greg Kimball? What if I said number 46, Greg Kimball? Uh, he's a, he's a pitcher. I, but I don't, he's a pitcher, correct? Correct, Kimball? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you want to know about him? Why does he why is his why does he stand like that before he pitches? Is, is why he is the he, one with his arm out? He's uh, got like, like a cobra thing going on. He has yeah. his right arm fully out and yeah. then his elbow down and his hand out. He's swinging it a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what why he does that. that? I, I think it's an intimidation factor. That that'd be my only guess, but I have never looked into why he does it that way. I was pissed off because I had fast forwarded it. And when I stopped, I saw a crazy Craig Kimball with his arm all dangling out and he's holding his arm and shaking his wrist and doing some weird shit. Like exactly like some voodoo, like I'm going to put you to sleep. Focus. You're going to focus on my arm before I wind up and you're going to be tranced and strike you out. And I was like, what the fuck is this? So I rewind it up until the point he comes in, which is at the, was at the top of the inning or the bottom of the inning. And, I hit play and I, I'm like, there's no way the announcers aren't going to mention <laughs> what's going on with that arm. There's, it's just impossible for them not. How do they not? They didn't. They didn't say a damn thing. He was only in for that one inning. That half well, inning. You, so he's been in the major leagues for a while. So I don't think announcers still tell us the Craig Kimball story as to why he holds like that. I, I don't think. think this I don't case, think the story is told every single time he he goes out to pitch. I could, I will, I can agree with that, but I think in this case, with their, with their drawing in probably a crowd that they don't normally have, okay, because they're doing the, they, I've never, I haven't watched a, a game, I've never seen Craig Kimball before. I bet I'm not the only one that tuned into that game, um, who doesn't watch Major League Baseball to see that Field of Dreams bullshit that I watched. <laughs> I think if there's any time when you're talking about the Field of Dreams and that Field of Dreams game, you need to explain why Craig Kimball holds his arm out like that. Okay. I respect that, and that's, I, I have no issues with that. Uh, um, uh, as an aside, as a Razorback fan, uh, I used to watch a lot of – we watch a lot of Razorback baseball, and every single game uh, they would let us know that uh, the hitter, Matt Goodhart, um, is is seeing the ball better because he had LASIK surgery, so it became a joke with me and Erica. So there are instances uh, where announcers certainly uh, tell a story over and over again because they know some casual viewers – uh, are, are watching the game instead of the, the diehards who watch every single game. So I understand where you're coming from there. That would be – I can see how that – if you watch that game every week or several days a week, I can see how that would be annoying as hell. Mm-hmm. He almost have turned it into a drinking game, but since he's probably going to bring it up once, it's like you got to drink the whole fifth. Yeah, if so his, his entire career, uh, every time he came up to bat, Erica would be like, you know he had LASIK once? <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I shit. I'd still bring that up every day, every time I watch the game. Yeah. Well, that's that's all I've got tonight. I have, I've got nothing else in my notes. That that took up my my week. I've got nothing else to talk about. Well, Doug, I'm disappointed because there was a massive, massive event in your city last night, and you didn't do anything for it. No. Really, you didn't go out and about. Nothing. After it was all said and done, I was, uh, when I was, so 
obviously you're talking about Garth Brooks coming to town. He performed last night in Lincoln, Nebraska at the Memorial Stadium where the Huskers play. Um, which you told me today that it was 86,000. I feel like at some point in time I saw on the news they sold 90,000. So they obviously changed the numbers. Yeah. But 80 plus thousand people were inside of uh, Memorial Stadium last night to see Garth Brooks in his, his, uh, I would almost say trademark stage that he's been using for the last, like, I don't know, forever. The center stage right in the middle of the Coliseum floor, the, the stadium floor, so you can get the most people. You can get all four corners of the of the stadium sold out. It's genius. Yeah. Uh yeah, it was amazing from the center. So I wish I would have gone out because I have about six people I follow on Snapchat that were at the event. Mm-hmm. And so it was pretty cool to see all the different angles. I saw somebody from the fifth row seating um, all the way up into the nosebleeds uh, in what seemed to every corner of the stadium. Um, so I got to see a bunch of different Snapchats from the day part of the show all the way to the closing. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was quite an amazing event. And so that's when, though, is at the end of it, I was like, oh, man, how, why, why didn't you go out there and drive around and check out the stuff? I drove around and checked out on Friday night the Rancid and Dropkick Murphy set up along with the, um, oh, the Zoo Fest, Zoo Bar mm-hmm. Fest, the Zoo Fest, where they block off the whole street, which I thought was crazy. Two things like that in one night, Rancid on one end of the street. Yeah. And then on the other end, you had Zoo Fest. So yeah, pretty popping night, Friday night. I drove around and checked that shit out, but no, I didn't go to the Garth Brooks and check that out. Yeah, the Garth Brooks thing. How does Garth Brooks sell 90,000 tickets? I mean, that is insanity. And like, I, I really like Garth Brooks. He, he is an amazing live performer. But how is he selling 90,000 tickets in the midst of a pandemic? In 2021, when the man hasn't had a hit in over 20 years, it's just uh, it's it's amazing. It's un, it's unreal. I I can't understand it. I can't put it into like any sense. Like he disappeared for like 15 years, uh, so he could watch his kids go through school, and he came back. He's can't make kids anymore. Uh, so he gets tours at least from 90 to 2001, and people go and see him by the. There's nobody else. There's no. There's no other artist in the world that can do what Garth Brooks does when it comes to moving tickets. Stones. They could. They 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 couldn't. They could not get ninety thousand people to Lincoln, Nebraska. They can play stadiums, and they can they can do half the stadium. You know, fifty fifty thousand or so. That they're they're not performing from ninety thousand people in Lincoln, Nebraska ever. No chance. And, and selling it out in within like two or three hours. The show prior in Kansas City, uh, you guys had mentioned something. I was listening to uh, No Judgments Here, a music podcast hosted by Mike Schilke and William Hendricks. You nice. can find it on Spotify. I was listening to your last one. You guys, you brought up, somebody brought up the Garth Brooks show in Kansas uh-huh. City. That was at uh, Arrowhead, right? That's correct. Uh, they did. Se- I saw seventy six thousand people went to that because I read an article that they set up a COVID station to, to mm-hmm. do uh, give shots. Mm-hmm. Thirty four people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's awful. I mean, it's better than zero, man. But that's that's awful. What a, what a waste. Thousand people showed up to Arrowhead Stadium to see Garth Brooks perform for hours and. 
34 took advantage of the vaccination center that was set up for free shots. Yeah, I have to I imagine mean, that there was more than 34 people there that were not vaccinated. I, I would think uh, 50,000 is probably a good guesstimate. Uh, but obviously, I mean, it's kind of a silly idea. Um, and actually, at the AMP this week for Black Crows and Alanis Morissette, they also had a station set up. Like, if if you at this point have not got vaccinated, there's nothing about going to a concert that is going to be like, let me go get a shot real quick, and then we can go inside. It's just, it's kind of a silly idea. I understand that the, the rationale and the thinking behind it. It's, I mean, why not do it? Um, but it's, it's, I mean, the vaccine's free no matter where you go. So people yeah. are just passing up free vaccines for months on end. They're just, they're, they're not going to get it done at a concert. It's just not yeah. going to happen. I mean, good God, there's, I don't want to get into a whole vaccination thing. Because what if, what if you have a reaction at the, at the concert and you have to miss the concert? Like, how anti vax are you going to be after that? Boy, you'd be pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> That would be bad. And then somebody would probably see it. Oh, and then that would spread. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah that would not be good. Uh, but the, the concert in Kansas City, 76,000, that's the most – That's that breaks the attendance record for a concert in Kansas City at Arrowhead by 26. Like, that's how massive Garth Brooks is. When I saw Guns N' Roses at Arrowhead Stadium, there was probably 30,000 tops. Garth goes in and moves 76,000 and again he sells it out in one day it's just he's a master how to promote the music business it's just just crazy he's got so many great sing-along songs he does yeah every one of his hits everybody knows every goddamn word to it Mm -hmm. and he's got so many that his concert is just full of hits there's no b-sides on at his show there's no there's no filler fucking tracks in his four hour set. Every one of them is a sing along smash hit. Yeah. New songs that he does, which he probably does. And then he always has Trisha come out for a little bit. And I understand they're doing a shot uh, duet now, which really makes me cringe to even think about that. I mean everything if one, it's a great drinking night. Uh, you're out with your friends and your family. Um, and then you're just singing your heart out with, I, I imagine singing with 90,000 people, um, even though you should not be singing out loud during a, back, <laughs> during a pandemic, because uh, you're just spreading COVID everywhere you go, but that's okay. That's neither here. Uh, sounds like a great time. I, I, I uh, read the review in the Journal Star. It was a great review. It said it was a great time. So good to hear yeah, that's exactly what all the Snapchats that I saw was that it was everybody, every single one of them was everybody singing at full volume. Um, it, it, even during the yes, Trisha Yearwood came out and I saw about six snaps, um, full full song snaps almost of them doing uh, shallow. Uh, that would yeah, make me crazy. Yeah. That would make me crazy. No, I was I did think about that when I was watching Trisha out there. Um, singing shallow. Do you think they break off a little? Like, she think she got a little contract saying, "I need some, um, some scratch. I need some cheddar. You guys need to break me off a little bit of that dinero to do this." Or is she like, ah, "It's my husband. He's the richest person around. I don't need. I don't need a couple bucks. I have a TV cooking show. I'm good." Uh, no, true. 
she's definitely getting some cheddar, and I'm sure Garth is fine to give it to her because ultimately. But I, I think Trisha's getting a nice chunk of change uh, for going out there and singing Shallow with Garth Brooks. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, shit, I went and saw Garth um, drive through theater. Were we podcasting <laughs> whenever I went to go see that? No, that was a long time ago. No. Yeah, that was during the pandemic. Uh, yeah, right when they started kind of opening things up, Garth was doing that that drive through that drive through movie mm-hmm. theater type show, uh, where all ever you went and sat in your car and and listened to it on the radio and watched it on a big screen. Mm-hmm. But they did that here at the Lancaster Event Center. Center, and my friend Adam got four tickets, one car load, um, and so we went. We took my suburban. Uh, and we got part, it was sold out, um, completely sold out. There were cars, uh, so where, where it was at the Lancaster, I think that theater experience in the Garth Brooks concert, I think he paid, uh, it was either a hundred or $150 for those four tickets. Okay. So you, you, you could only do four to a vehicle. So, yeah, long story short, it was sold out. It was absolutely crazy. Everybody it was a full-on experience with uh, people just walking around, shit ton of booze, shit ton of drunk people, um, and uh, everybody singing along. There was two people in the backseat of my car that sang every single song as loud as they could. It drove me absolutely crazy. I had my sound system turned almost on full blast and my windows down um, and I could still hear this jackass behind me. He's not a jackass. He's a nice guy. Just in mm-hmm. case he listens, Joe, I love you. But for the love of Pete, you didn't have to sing every fucking song as loud as you could into the back of my head mm-hmm. when we were watching it inside of a car. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Something else. Yeah, Garth. He's an amazing fella. Um, so you were not singing along to every single song? No, because I was too busy being driven crazy. It got <laughs> to a point where I couldn't enjoy it and sing along with it because I was absolutely I was mad. I just wanted to yell, shut up, and turn around and stop. Don't sing. What are you doing? But he was having so much fun and got a little drunk because they had tequila and he just kind of got a lot of, you know, you know, he's ruining my experience. I don't need to let everyone is. Uh, Doug, are you good to go still? Good to go? I have not. I've glanced on occasion. I do not see any Instagram um, notifications at the top of my phone. It appears that I'm okay. I probably should just go on out there and just sit in the parking lot. I agree. In the corner, just just stare at the bus in the corner parking lot. Yeah, that's a um, good idea. Doug, how's your? Uh, give us an update on the back. Upgrade on the bank. The bank is doing um, considerably better. I still have the walker just for kind of uh, just in case. My The main thing that's bothering me is still my left leg. Mm-hmm. Still kind of the weakness in the left leg and get a little hip pain. As far as the back is concerned and like having constant pain, I do not have constant pain anymore. Good. I am able to walk around without my walker. Um, when I'm in the house, for the most part, I'm not using it at all. Um, I do take it out with me because I come home with like, you know, I could bring home some Coke from my mom or some snacks or something. Uh, I carry them in a bag and 
I just need the walker whenever I'm walking, carrying shit for stability. But definitely 100% getting better. And hopefully, well, when I'm done with the 60-day routine, I don't have to worry about that shit anymore. And we'll be good. But, yeah, no, I'm getting a lot better. What day are we on? Um, I believe I started on, if I was to pull up a calendar, and uh, well, they charged me my first bill payment on the 19th of July. Um, and they're charging me my second one on the 19th of August. And I think we started uh, the week prior to that. So we're, we're over halfway there then. Yeah, we're, we're right on that 30 days, the first 30 days. We just, on my last appointment on Wednesday, um, last week, we did a uh, an, an assessment, an update, where he asked me questions based off of my original questionnaire um, of how we're doing. Um, so we, I guess, yeah, we just kind of did a halfway assessment. Good. Bless you. Good to hear. Thank you. Yeah, okay. feeling good about it. Feeling good about it. Feeling good about it. Good, 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 good. Happy to hear it. Well, um, 52 minutes in. I can't believe we went 52 minutes. We're not going to be able to do a dead or alive right now. Um, but I don't even know why I'm bringing this up. I'll edit that <laughs> out, I guess. Um, we will do dead or alive hopefully tomorrow when our host, Mike Shookie, is available. Mm-hmm. And I'll just add it to the end of this podcast. Um, but other than that, I can't think of anything else. I'm absolutely um, out of the loop. I, there's nothing. There's nothing on the news that I saw that I wanted to talk about. Nothing yeah, I, I got to get back. I got to get back into uh, the off the rails kind of uh, subject searching throughout the week. Um, yeah, because I'm surprised we made it 53 minutes as well uh, on two topics. So yeah, you gotta you gotta look for those funny things that happen to you on your day to day. Yeah, and then crazy stories that are just like what? That can't be true. Speaking of crazy stories that that can't be true, that has nothing to do with. It's a terrible segue. Are you watching Dave at all? Yes, we are. We just uh, we watched an episode earlier tonight. Um, We are on season two of Dave. Um, Getting through the episodes uh, because I know we are we were a little behind, but yes, absolutely. Okay, well, I'm not going to ruin the season finale. Okay. Uh, um, we just watched the episode with Doja Cat, so how close are we? Who? that was a great episode. That you guys are really He really good. fucked that up, stupid yeah, idiot. Really Doja was feeling him. Yeah. Doja was ready to go see what's up with little Dickie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God, what an idiot. Yeah. Um, I'd say you've still got four episodes to go, maybe. Okay. Uh, I've also Lotus, the White Lotus on HBO. Have you been watching that, Doug? So I just got lucky. Um, Dish Network got rid of HBO like a year ago. Or so um, a year ago or so, I said that correctly, but they just brought it back. <laughs> okay. So I did notice this White Lotus thing, but I haven't started. I believe I want to though. Is that the hotel? It's the hotel. It's, it's a charming little series. Uh, tonight is the season. Uh... Um, and actually, basically, the entire turning, I don't believe it will be over. There is going to be like any of these things. But the characters on it are great. It's a very character-driven show. I highly recommend it to anybody out there. It's, it's been a delight to watch. And Uncle Rico from uh, 
uh, for Napoleon Dynamite makes a, makes an appearance, which is awesome. Nice. Yeah. Who doesn't love Uncle Rico? Exactly. Uh, I will definitely start watching that. I can't wait for you to finish, uh, Dave. Uh, I will just say season finale. Verklempt. Tears. Really? It happened. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Dave. Uh, season one was tremendous. I, I don't, uh, Scooter Braun, Justin Bieber's boy, right? He's like yep. an executive producer of this, but this is all Little Dicky's creation. Is that correct? Yeah, Kevin Hart's also an executive producer. Okay. Scooter Braun, Kevin Hart. I don't think those guys really do anything. A lot of this, yeah, it's all Dave. I mean, the first season was, you know, some of it's real life shit about the way it happens. Season two is kind of. And season two at first, I thought was, I wasn't feeling it. I was like, they're going too far out. They're, they're taking, they're trying to be too artistic with this one. I don't know what they're doing. I wasn't feeling it, but I realized, I guess there's, you're just doing character development. We're really breaking into Dave and we're really seeing shit about Gata and that redheaded Cheeto Santino. I can't think of his <laughs> real name. Um, which I think he's so- in- the episode where um, him and the uh, who's the producer, the curly haired producer, the little short dude. Yeah, uh, Benny Blanco. Benny Blanco. The the episode with Dave and Benny Blanco, I laughed my ass off for, I mean, just the entire duration of everything they did together. Uh, or do you you know what I'm talking about there? A hundred percent. Where they're yeah. sniffing each other, they're playing with each other, they're doing butt stuff, and yeah. looking at yeah, they're just walking around naked. Yeah, exactly. And Gator and his homeboy come in, and Dickie's like, hey, man, we need to squash it. Don't be doing that. And Benny's like, all right, Chuck, or whatever he calls each other. <laughs> yeah, check. Yeah. Wasn't it check? I thought that was it. Check. It's like Chuck, but they say it in a in a check, Chuck. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, so and I, I feel like that's real life shit. I really bet they do that shit, because Benny Blanco, I follow him on TikTok, He's fucking loopy. Every one of his TikToks, there's a dildo involved. <laughs> literally. I mean, is, did I use that correctly when I just said literally? <laughs> I mean, if there's a if there's a dildo in every single TikTok, then yes. Literally yes. is correct. Yeah, there's literally a dildo in every one of his TikToks. It's always got some reason. It's in the background. It's, it's the last thing that he shows. They're referencing somewhere there's a dildo involved. So I believe that shit. I think that I think that little Dickie and Benny Blanco stuff was come from real life experiences. Like, let's write this shit in. Mm, that's hilarious. That was so yeah. great. That's good stuff. All right. So let's end at 57 minutes. Hopefully we can get some DOA in tomorrow. Anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up? I'm going to go tonight was tonight was not off the rails, Doug. There was episode, which I think is a first. We, and we can go off the rails even a little bit. I don't think so. You were, you're, you're, uh, I, I still don't know how to describe your description of what sure. you witnessed, but it was sure. so you, you had it down. Like it is almost like you had practiced it. Um, and it wasn't just like rambling off the rails. You were on point. You had a, uh, you had, uh, and I'm doing an awful job right now. <laughs> you're on point. Damn it. All right. Good to go. All right, man, that's it. Right at the end. Thank you, Will. Way to get us uh, off the rails. Up oh, next, we have. Death or alive. Ooh, death or alive. Death or alive. Ooh.
the dead or alive, the newest and hottest game show out there where Will and Doug try to figure out who is still kicking or who has kicked the bucket. I am your host, Mike, and with me, as always, is the men of the hour. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm Thank pumped. you. I'm pumped. Pumped. I'm, All right. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah. Who's pumped? I'm pumped. I'm going to write I'm this more. momentum in my last week. Pumped. Yeah. Dominating performance. Yes. Right. All right. Just to recap, filling in series is uh, actually Mr. Murray made us some ground last week. They did. Um, he uh, currently the series is fifteen to twelve in favor of Mr. Hendricks. Yes. So, gentlemen, are you guys ready to play some Dead or Alive? We are ready. Yes. Awesome. Fantastic. All right. So, first up is a uh, gentleman who has been in a ton, a ton, ton, ton of movies. Um, his name is James Rebhorn. Um, <laughs> j- just to give you an idea of what he's been in. Um, career started about 1976. He was in the Yum Yum Girls. Um, he was in uh, Soup for One. Oh, he was in <laughs> N- Cat's Eye. Okay. He was in uh, Desperate Hours. He was in Regarding uh, Henry. Uh-huh. My, co- My Cousin Vinny. Basic now Instinct. Now we're talking. Sen of a Woman. Blank check, eight seconds, guarding test, up a close to personal, my fellow Americans. I mean, you name it, he's been in it. But I think the one that's going to make you realize who he is is that he was in an Independence Day and he played Albert Nimzinski, who was the <laughs> Secretary of Defense under the president. Oh, boy. Shit, that didn't do anything for me. <laughs> no, okay, I'll give you a little bit more. He was the one that that wanted to nuke everybody, and then he got fired. Who was he in My Cousin Vinny? My Cousin Vinny, he played George Wilbur. Oh, boy. <laughs> what about Guarding Tess? Guarding Tess? He was one of the Secret Service agents. Um, now i got to find it again. Uh... God, there's so many movies on here. He was Howard Schaefer. <laughs> Have you guys seen Eight Seconds? Yes. Yeah, with Luke Perry. Yeah, he played Clyde Frost. <laughs> <laughs> so the I think we're both going into this one blind, dark. Yeah. Um, all right, well, here, I can give you some more. Have you guys watched Homeland? Yes. No. no. Okay, he played Claire's dad on Homeland. Oh man, that's your that's your best clue yet. But I can't picture Claire's dad. Jesus, you got something. He was in the Adventures of Pluto Nash. Oh, he played Belcher. Uh, Let's see. Uh, He was in Real Steel. He played Marvin. (laughs) Talented, the talented Mister Ripley. He played Herbert Greenleaf. Snow falling, snow falling, snow falling, Peters, Alvin Hooks. I mean, these are all big movies. Oh, yeah. You guys, you guys don't know. You guys don't know. Independence Day is I've on seen, all the time. I've seen like 15 of these movies. So you've seen Independence Day? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely, yes. He, he, God damn, he was, the, he was the Secretary of Defense. He was like all excited when they nuked Houston. And he was like all pumping his fist. He was all excited. And then when it failed, he was like, oh, we got to try again. We got to try again. We can't give up. And then who played the, who played the president? What was his name? Was it Bill Pullman? No. Paxton. Who, Paxton. 
Bill Paxton, you know, when the dead. area 51, Bill Paxton, dead. <laughs> there you go. He, Bill Paxton, you know, shoved him up against the arrest and said, you know what? I don't have to take advice from you anymore. Mr. Nimsky, you're fired. Dang, I mean, look at on. you. Damn, that's impressive. So, that, was, that was really good. Really good. I, mean, I got to tell you, I have no idea who this is. Jesus, God, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, so I've that- seen a majority of those latter part of those movies, and I don't. The problem is when you say he was George, he was Carl. I don't know what that means. I need more description. I don't either. Like you gave us with Independence Day, fantastic description. Could not yeah. be any clearer who this person is. However, I don't remember that character in the movie whatsoever. Yeah, do you know hey. some lines from My Cousin Vinny by any chance? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, but I'll tell you what, Clyde Frost, he was the father of Lane Frost. So if you guys have seen Eight Seconds, he played Luke Perry's dad. Okay. Well, is it my – do I go first or does Doug go first? Since he was you go first. You, you, well, you go first. You still have control of the board. All right. Um, I have literally no idea. Um, Homeland's pretty recent. So he's been alive within the like, last five years just based off of that. Um, so I'm just gonna go based off of being player's dad in Homeland that he is alive. Final answer? Yeah, I have no idea. Final answer. Okay, Mr. Murray. Unfortunately, I don't have uh, quite a good a breakdown as he does. Um, I was gonna go with alive as well. Um, I think I've got somebody pictured in my head. I have no clue if it's the person that you're saying. Um, but I still, I'm going with Alive. It's final answer. <clears throat> All right. I don't, even, so... I don't remember his name at this point in time either. <laughs> James, James Redhorn. James Redhorn. James Carville. <laughs> James Redhorn is a, was an American character, character oh. actor who appeared in over 100 films, television series, and plays. He died March 21st, 2014. 14? Wow. Yeah. I was way off on the homeland. <laughs> he died as a result of melanoma at the age of 65. That's a bummer. So uh, over over 100 movies, TV shows, and you guys don't know who the hell he is. I'm not saying I don't, I don't know who he is based on his name and the characters that you've named. I bet, I guarantee you, as soon as I see a picture of him, we'll go, oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait until the show is over to uh, get a pick. I- I can't either. I'm like, let's just end it now. I got to see a picture of this James Redhorn. <laughs> well, you stumped us pretty good on that one, Mike. Good job. That was a good one. All right. All right. So moving on, number two, we're going to go with the gentleman that is probably uh, – he was served as an editor of Rolling Stone. He was also wrote articles for Reason, Esquire, Details, New York, and Time. But he's probably best known as his role of the news host of MTV News. Mr. Kurt Loader. Is Kurt Loader alive or is he dead? Okay. Now this one, we know Kurt Loader. Uh, Kurt Loader is alive and he's probably like 83 at this point. Uh, One of the biggest surprises of my life was finding out how old of a man Kurt Loader was. I'm going to go with still alive. Final answer. Final answer. Mr. Murray. I, I too am going with still alive just because I watch enough MTV that I can't recall ever seeing any uh, sort of tribute or mention of his passing. 
Um, so I say alive. Final answer. Sure. Kurt Loder indeed is still alive. He was born on May 5th, 1945. He is 76 years of age. Yeah, old man. So there you go. There was your uh, there was your gimme. So moving on to our third and final contestant on that are alive. What was the We're first gonna... guy's name again? I'm gonna, I'm gonna I need to write that down. James James Cleburne Rebhorn R E B H O R N Rebhorn. Okay, James Rebhorn. Yeah. And you guys are gonna kick you guys yourselves in the asses when you realize who it is. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait. All right, so our third and final contestant is a gentleman by the name of Jewel Franklin Guy, known professionally as James Best. <laughs> He's an American television, film, stage, and voice actor. Um, he has been in numerous films. We're going to say he was uh, he was in Hot Tamale as Hank Larson, Return of the Killer Shrews as oh Lawrence God. Sherman, The Rifleman as Bob Barrett. He was in The Twilight Zone as Billy Ben Turner, The Fugitive as Dan Murray, but you are going to know him best of all as Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane on the Dukes of Hazard. Hmm. Okay. All right. Is is James Best, known as or you know, professionally known as James Best, Jewel Franklin Guy, is he alive or dead? Uh James Best, and I have nothing to go off here. I don't have a reasoning. Um, I'm just going to say. But you do say, know who Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane is, right? Is he the guy with the white hair or the guy with the, like, Lord. the salt and pepper hair with a mustache? <laughs> Have you never seen Dukes of Hazard? Yeah, I just gave you two characters on the show. So <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't Boss Hog. He was the Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane. Okay. Yeah, I, I do know him. I just can't. I, I can kind of picture him, uh, but I'm going to say he's deceased. Final answer? Final answer. Mr. Murray, I know you watched a hell of a lot of Dukes of Hazard as a kid. I definitely watched Dukes of Hazard. I definitely know who you're talking about, but this sucks. <laughs> I'm saying deceased as well. There's not going to be any movement this week. Well, then say alive, silly. Well, no, I think he's deceased. But what if he is alive? Well, then we both don't get a point. Do you want, do you want me to say alive? I don't want to say alive. I'm going to say deceased. You already said final answer. The day I did. It's done. It's done. I'm saying deceased final answer as well. All right. Deceased it is. Dead. Roscoe P. Coltrane, otherwise known as James Best, is dead. There we go. He passed away uh, April 6, 2015 uh, from complications of pneumonia. At the age of 88. 88, old man, for sure. All right, we'll take it. Two to one. So, yeah, no no, uh, no movement this week. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that with the lead. What are we playing to, 100? <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't know. We, we, there's no, there's no playing right now. Right. And yeah. we can have this discussion whenever I take the lead. We'll talk about it. Okay. These are just practice rounds. All right. While we're on the line, I'm just going to oh, go Hold ahead. on. Hold on. we got to close out Dead or Alive. Oh, okay. Sorry. Jeez. Um, this Thanks. Is uh, yeah. I mean, he's screwing everything up. No, I was going to look up a picture of James Rebhorn while we okay, were still you, talking about it. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. Right. Well, go ahead and look him up. 
while you're doing that, you know, uh, next week, I know we talked about this before the long hiatus. Um, we talked about we were going to have a special lightning round um, that week coming back where every correct answer that Murray answered was going to be worth two points. While what? you, what, yeah, yeah, don't you remember that? Go back and listen. Oh, boy. Go back and listen. Just to, yeah, just to, I, gotta be honest even with you, I don't remember that at all either, but I'm <laughs> oh, cool my with goodness. it. I'm cool with it. <laughs> and also, let me say, James Rebhorn is absolutely not who I was picturing. <laughs> I absolutely um, know who this man is. So I do, I, I do notice him from Homeland. Um, but I don't notice them from any other movie that you told us about. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> well, folks, that's it for uh, Dead or Alive this week. Uh, remember, never make eye contact while you're eating a banana. <laughs> All right. Uh, now, while we, have you, while we have you on the line, you called in um, the top five list on No Judgments Here this week. And, you know, you failed to give us your top five television theme songs. Oh, I don't – I haven't I haven't made well, that list yet. I haven't finished listening to No Judgments here, so I wasn't sure if you guys even did the lists. Uh-huh. I'm, I've listened to, like, the first, uh, first part of it, first 20 minutes or so. Um, so I don't have a list. Um, what? Doug, first of all, I do want to say uh, I appreciate you pointing out how Shilky destroys every single list that I make. Um, he never allows me just to have my own top five list. It comes with very specific rules, and I'm glad that you called that out. <laughs> he does. He does. It's, he, he tears you apart on those lists. Yes, he, he kills really, me. He really, his his disagreement with what you have to say is so strong every time. Yeah. You are so wrong in your <laughs> lists. And I love it. I think it's good. Yeah. Well, you know, if people would... I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, it's not a good noise. I don't hear anything. Okay. I'm getting a lot of feedback. Anyhow, if his listed sucks so bad, and um, if he would follow, you know, or understand what a pump-up song versus an inspiration song was, uh, we wouldn't have these issues. But, you know, he doesn't seem to get it. So, whatever. How about pump-up songs? I'm is, over it. What's also funny is I'm also in agreement with Mike part of the time. Like, yes, pump-up song and an inspirational song. Um, there was a few lists back that was uh, you. Oh, what was it? Oh, you were thinking of something else, and it was like, what? No, that's not it at all. You. Oh, I wish I could think of what it was, but yeah. Was it? I, was it? Was it top rock females? No. Yeah, because that was a pretty <laughs> shitty list too. <laughs> I mean, he had Madonna on there. Oh, She's a pop star. She's a pop star, exactly. She's not a rock star. She's a pop she's star. About, she's about as rock and roll as any female musician of all time. Oh, bullshit. Good happy friend. birthday. Happy birthday to Madonna, by the way. Is today her birthday? Uh, it was either today or yesterday. One of the two. Yeah. How old is she, 90? 63. 63, wow. Yep. Dating a 20-some-odd-year-old? Uh, is she still dating him? I haven't I seen think that so. in a while. Probably. 
so Douglas, you don't have all right, so forget about top five. Give us some of your favorites. Some of my favorite uh the Wonder Years. Good which one. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that one uh coming back, the remake of the Wonder Year. Yeah, remake. Uh, that should be interesting. Um Right now, I've got one stuck in my head, but I don't know what show it's from. And I know a show that I ever watched. It's a cop Sing show. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. It's like a suspenseful. Is it? Is it? Oh man. NYPD Blue. It's one of those. It's one of those. I don't think it's that. No, I'm doing my so-called life. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, I am not prepared for this. I can't think of anything. Yeah, you did My real brain, good, Douglas. The <laughs> you can't go the the a song that is a classic that is absolutely uh, fan, oh, just one of the top songs for sure. Uh, moving on up, Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. 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 Uh, that's a good one. That's a classic. The Yeah, there you go. Yeah, good one. Making another run. The love. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I got it. Oh, I know. That's it. I'm. That's it. I can't think of any other ones. I will have a list. I will provide a list. I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared for that. I should have listened to No Judgment here all the way through, but I didn't listen to the whole thing. Just give me, don't be mad at me. That's okay. Well, to be fair, it was just posted today, so I can understand if you didn't have time to get to it. So, correct. Yeah, I was real busy doing nothing today. And so, anyways, I'll listen to it. That's a shame. Can you, no, don't tell me. I don't know what your answers were. If you want to know what the Mike and Will's top five songs for well, what was what was the list? Top five, <laughs> top five television uh, things. Oh man! Songs you can listen to. No judgments here. Found on Spotify or other places you can find your podcast. Um, Will, are you okay? You're saying you got the you got the COVID. So what's going on with you? I think I heard you mention something about uh, that on No Judgments here. You're sounding pretty <laughs> congested there. Pretty coffee congested. I'm hearing um, some phlegm. Both both of those are correct. That is, I don't know if I have COVID or not. I have not been tested, uh, but I definitely have the coughs, the congestion, um, the phlegm, all of what you said. I, I do have that. No well, fever. Where, where, what were y'all running around doing? Where'd you get this from? What's going on? Well, it could be. So I, we did go to the Foo Fighters, and then I went to Alanis Morissette. But my daughter also got RSV, so it could be from that as well. Whoa, what is RSV? Uh, it's, a, it's a respiratory infection where it uh, it makes it very difficult to breathe. Uh, right. up, in, up in the lungs. It is not a, not a fun thing for young children. It is my, daughter, my daughter had it and had to spend time in the hospital when she had it. So. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, Pearl thankfully did not go through that, but it was right. it was it was awful. She got some steroids, man, and it really uh, did the trick. It was awesome, uh, but up until that, it was it was a nightmare. No good, no good at all. Thanks. Yeah. And so Mike, she- I heard from the pod you were up in Omaha. Where's yes. uh, your daughter's going to school up in Omaha? Yep, she's going to UNO. All right. Yeah, so it's uh, been a very very busy couple of weeks. 
yeah, I bet. with with concerts and travel and you know moving her up there and uh, so yeah, it's been fun. How far is Carney to Northwest Arkansas? Uh, to Northwest Arkansas, it is about eight and a half hours. Mm. Jesus, I don't know why I picture Carney closer to Will than I am. Well, that, yeah, I don't know why because I'm west of you, and and uh, Northwest Arkansas is east of you. So, what the hell is that? What are you playing there, Will? Just playing some tunes. Oh, okay. Anything huh. good? Probably not. Probably Coldplay. <laughs> uh, All right, Will. I've had enough. <laughs> okay. What are you playing there? Why are you playing songs? You tired of us? You bored of us? You ready to move no, on? No, I was, I was just looking at my Spotify playlist, seeing if I need to make some additions or subtractions. As you spoke about the travels uh, to Northwest Arkansas, there was no follow up. I was I was curious why you were asking that, but there was no follow up to it. Because as he was talking about wanting to go to the amp, the Walmart amp, mm-hmm. I was yes. thinking, I don't know why he doesn't. I'm sure that's you know that's probably only a four or five hour jaunt for him <laughs> three, four and a half, five hours it seems like that'd be a perfect little road trip but oklahoma, yeah. oklahoma city is closer to me than will is yeah you know i thought i had a geographic sense but i don't i probably no, no. you should because you, you know well maybe this doesn't make sense but you're from texas you live in now in lincoln you should have an understanding of Nebraska and Oklahoma and Arkansas and Texas, but I have a very clear understanding of Lincoln mm-hmm. in reference to all of the places, but I can never okay. think Omaha. I'm always I'm always confused on where the fuck Omaha's at on the map, even though right now I know it's at. So your mileage it. geography drive time is a lot like your crowd estimates. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't yeah only for me for yeah. lincoln to where i'm going i'm good at that but yeah saying oh corny to oklahoma three two hours <laughs> gotcha okay interesting <clears throat> well think about this i mean you got to go through kansas city to get to northwest arkansas i have to go through kansas city to get to northwest arkansas i'm two hours away from you in the opposite direction there you go that yeah, I still that still doesn't make sense to me why you got to go to Kansas City. Yeah, you should just go south. Right. Yeah. Why, takes, like, you, should go, you should go south longer. through Wichita. It takes longer. Does it? Yep. Okay. All right. At least last time I checked. <laughs> I'm sure I, it hasn't changed. Probably not. I'm sure it's the same. Yeah. Um, we got our draft coming up this weekend for fantasy football. Um, yep, I am it. not prepared whatsoever. I have the third pick. Um, also about the draft. Now I think about it. Uh, didn't we at one point in time have the defending champion got the first pick? Yeah, it's been a long time since we did that. That was probably, uh, I bet that's been seven, eight, nine seasons ago. We, we quit that a long, long, <laughs> long ways ago. Well, that's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for the second year in a row, I've got the last pick. So, yeah, that's unfortunate for you. I started a – I started for the first time preparation for the draft last night. I did a a, a mock draft 
Um, I picked two players and got out of it. Uh, <laughs> I canceled my mock draft, closed it out. It was boring. It took way too long. Uh, um, I mean, I my... what do you mean it took too long? I mean, on Fantasy Pros, you can do a draft in like five minutes. Yeah, so I, I did it on Yahoo, and it was, you know, people actually – it was like I ended up being 14 teams, and I think we're only 12. Yeah. Um, and, that, and they were actually going like two minutes per pick, and people were actually taking their sweet ass time. And are you sure yeah. you didn't? Are you sure you didn't join a league? No, I went to mock draft. <laughs> okay, I didn't know. I didn't know that mock draft still existed with other people. That's that's crazy. And you joined a, a 14 team mock draft. Yeah, I didn't see better. that. I didn't see that until uh, right before we got ready to start, and I was like, well, shit, I've already been sitting here with with the time clock counting down for five minutes. I might as well stay in it and just get – I just wanted to get an idea of what a couple picks would look like at the at the beginning there. That's uh, it. I'm excited. It's on Friday night, 6.30 p.m., near Fantasy Football League, Douglas Murray, the defending champion. See if he can defend his crown. Mike Schilke with the last pick of the draft. And I'm, I'm I'm I think I'm a ten, unfortunately. I need to get on and get something going to, uh, for the Nebraska people to get together. Nobody's followed up on that. Jazz yeah, unfortunately is going to a wedding wedding uh not a wedding, what's the, the wedding rehearsal? He's got a wedding rehearsal that day. So he's gonna be doing it from his cell phone at the rehearsal. Uh, have you spoke to Boom? Does Boom know there's a fantasy league? I assume he does. I, okay. I guess I should probably he, follow up on that, huh? Yeah, or I can. He just I, he does not uh, take part in our in our Facebook page, so our messenger. So I, I don't know if he actually knows or not. Well, he he might. He's he's got his hands pretty full. I mean, he just has. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I think they know. Uh, they have one every every nine months on the dot. They so yeah, he's got six kids and drives a 14 passenger van. He doesn't have time to respond to fantasy draft stuff. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully he'll be there. I'm sure he will. Right. Right, well, kiddos. gentlemen, I'm going to get back to my uh, my number one source of uh, fantasy football preparation. Um, can anybody answer what that my number one TMZ. source? TMZ. That's my number one source for just news. Okay. Number uh, one source for fantasy football preparation, where I get most of my players from the team that is Hard on. Knocks, the Dallas Cowboys. Hard Knocks episode <laughs> two started tonight. All right. the first ten minutes of it. Ben DiNucci beats. Hmm. Like, uh, what's their number one draft pick? This is a spoiler alert, by the way. That young the, kid. That, oh, the cornerback from uh, like yeah. Alabama, I think. I can't recall his name, though. No, it's a linebacker, right? It's a linebacker from Penn State. Yes, because they made a comparison about Pennsylvania. Yeah. Northern PA versus Southern PA. Yeah. Ben, spoiler alert. If you don't want to know, spoiler alert, turn off your podcast right now. <laughs> Ben Benucci beats him in a heated game of chess. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And then I had to turn it off. All right. 
<laughs> All right, well, gentlemen, it was a joy as always. Mike, thanks for hosting another fantastically random uh, run of DOA. Nothing like hearing three names that you've never heard in your life. <laughs> you know Kurt Loader. Kurt Loader, that's right. You're right. Two names. Yeah. Hey, Two. we got to keep you guys in it. There's only so many people that have died. Uh, you're, you're 100% <laughs> correct. That's why you're the host of this, because mine would be people everybody's heard of every single time. Yeah. Right. Can't make it too easy for you guys. No, you're right. You're right. The game would already be over if I was the host. It would be, I'd be out of named actors. It's mm. dead. It's getting Big harder and harder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Mike, thanks for hosting. We'll yes. get better. And uh, we will talk to you boys later. Take care. Have a good one. Goodbye. We're Doug and Will, and we are off the rail, off the rail.